You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry inside our studios here on South College Street, and we've got a big show planned for you here today. We've got Birthdays in Sports, a nightly TV guide, our best and worst of the weekend, and so much more here inside our studios today as Thanksgiving week gets started, as Iron Bowl week gets started. We'll talk about the Auburn football team who picked up a win on Senior Day, defeating Western Kentucky by a score of 41-17. to We'll mention other scores from across college football. Uh, top five Tennessee team goes down in Columbia against the Gamecocks. I happen to be in attendance of that game with my brother over the weekend. We have oh, NFL really? action to talk about Ooh. and uh, a lot more. The World Cup got started today, and we saw the United States just moments ago in a 1-1 draw against Wales to open up their group stage efforts there in Qatar. And, uh, yeah, basketball's off and rolling. Feast week begins. The Maui Invitational has started. Auburn basketball in a Cancun Challenge getting started tomorrow as the Battle for Atlantis is off and running. The Phil Knight Invite is later this week. I mean, tons of great things. They call it Feast Week in college basketball, but there are tons of other sporting events to feast on and that sort of thing. Again, with me on the program today, I've got Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy. As we said on Friday's show, so excited by the turnout that was at the fire station last Thursday as we were able to team up with the Southwest Volunteer Fire Department. We said that uh, they were able to raise over $4,400. And Tom Peavy, welcome into the show, my friend. I hope that you had an absolutely outstanding weekend. And if you would, kind of give us the full rundown of what took place last Thursday. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, it was nice to finally get that over with and just kind of relax because, uh, well, it's a fun event. It's also a very stressful event when you're, uh, in a, in a position that I am as an officer behind the scenes. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of stuff goes into that, but, um, yeah, no, it was a great, it was a great event. Uh, it was a little cold, but, um, that was okay with, you know, hot chili, um, goes good with cold weather and it didn't rain. So that was good, but, uh, yeah, good crowd came in. Uh, enjoyed chili some live music we gave away a bunch of prizes uh raised money for the fire department of course uh sports call was there uh early on in the afternoon and yeah turned into a great event and uh we're, we're definitely looking forward to doing it more we've already got things kind of going in motion a little bit slowly for next year already just because we've got some ideas on how we want to 
make things grow and get bigger and bit more and bigger sponsorships uh talking about possibly trying to do a silent auction with some uh big items but uh yeah i mean it was a great event it always is and we we're always very appreciative of uh everybody that came out to uh support southwest fire department last thursday how did your mc duties go after after we uh departed and, and as you're starting to begin the raffle yeah how did it go did you do okay oh yeah I mean, you know, I just—I'm just myself. That's your moment. You're just your moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's some people that get nervous doing things like that, but I'm just one of those. I'm—I'm I'm just myself. Yeah. Same way I am here on the radio. It's just me, and uh, I don't have a script or anything. Now I have all my list of sponsors that that I need to read off, but you know, I just I get up there and talk and welcome everybody and. I talked a little bit about the fire department and how uh, special it was with our department. The fact that it's majority Auburn University students that, right. that are make up the membership and uh, how the sacrifices that they put into to not only helping out the fire department but also just helping put that event on when they're trying to get schoolwork done along with running calls with the fire department. You know, it's just a lot of sacrifices those men and women do, and so I, I always want to point that out. And I got to meet your mother. You got to meet my mom. Which was uh, pretty outstanding. And you got to meet Alabama's strongest man. And I got to eat, yes, oh my gosh, Bubba. Yeah. I challenged him to an arm wrestling competition. <laughs> it did not happen. I want to say he was scared, but we know what would have happened. Well, he would have beat me. Yeah, he had more important things Thunder to do. Thunder Chicken's like. legend, Brock. Yes. We were, I mean, it was a great day. A great yeah, day all around. Caught up with a bunch of people. Yes, it was awesome, and we had a lot of fun. We say Thunder Chicken's legend. He played one out and tore his ACL. Yeah, tough, 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 tough. But it was good <laughs> to see him insane. again. He, it was good yeah. to see him again, and you know that's how we were able to make that connection with Brock was because of his work there with you at Southwest. Yeah. And so to see him again, I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, that was amazing to run into him a little yeah. bit. And then he told everyone that he, he worries that he might have had another significant knee injury. Yeah, he may yeah. have retorn his knee. So. What? Which isn't great. Jeez. Yeah. He was yeah. hopping up on a thing there at the fire department uh, to try to go and retrieve something. Uh, and uh, came down on it wrong or did oh something wrong. You think he may have retorn it. Goodness gracious. Brent, let's start with you here. Uh, again, I hope that you had a really fun and outstanding weekend. And I then did. Secondly, we do want to say thanks again to, to Tom and the folks at Southwest for hosting us out there and what a, what a fun time we had last Thursday. Absolutely. It was a great time. It, it was awesome to be out there. Only was able to be out there for about uh, half the show, probably the, the middle hour and a half, but I had a lot of fun when I was doing it. Uh, we, we had a, a weird show because that's just what happens when <laughs> when we're on the road weird stuff just happens but yeah had a great weekend and uh i i barned pretty hard this weekend actually i went to the equestrian meet on friday after that went to the basketball game on friday saturday went to the football game auburn won all four all three of those events so nice. all three of them going away so it was a a very fun weekend for me um my mom and dad came into town and they wanted to do a little bit of everything so was happy to be with them and yeah, had a great weekend. Uh, Falcons won on Sunday, uh, despite their best efforts. So that was good too. Um, yeah, just a just a good weekend and ready to to talk about the Iron Bowl, man. We've got Western Kentucky to recap, and I assume we'll do that today. But after that, it's it's Bama yeah. week. Programming note for everybody: it's also Thanksgiving week. Also Thanksgiving week, and uh, we're really looking forward to having uh, some family time, time with friends as well throughout the week. So we will be on the air. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then you will not be able to hear our live, gorgeous voices 
on Thursday or Friday, as we'll be spending mm. some time uh, with family, taking some time off. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you'll be li- able to listen to Albert's first and Albert's favorite sports talk show. Kim Barry is here as well. Kim, you got to be a part of the show on Friday yeah. uh, with Ryan Lavoy. Really yeah. enjoyed listening to that one. A lot of great phone calls into the show on Friday. Jason from Fife, a new caller that listens to Sports Call on Spotify via the podcast presented by Coca-Cola. So shout out to him and the conversations that you guys were able to have. And Cam, I hope that you had a good weekend, my friend. Yes, had a great weekend. Spent it in Atlanta with with the girlfriend. Uh, Took her to dinner for her early birthday and then went to the Falcons game on Sunday. That was a great time. Got the win. Um, and just was, I'm just glad I was able to, to be there honestly, and, and watched a little bit of the Auburn game as well. Uh, just was doing a lot of driving on Saturday, uh, out and about and stuff. And, but I mean, 41 points, you know, it is Western Kentucky, but that's the most that we've scored all season. So, um, a a solid outing and, and hopefully we can build on the momentum going into the Iron Bowl. We mentioned uh, a couple of other games across the SEC this weekend. How about those Vanderbilt Commodores? Oh. Two in a row. Like, what the hell? And, 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 and as the they wor- knock off Florida. Like Florida. And the what most boring rushing of the field that you could ever imagine. It was, like, uh, it was yeah. like the most Vanderbilt rushing of the field. Like just orderly, one at a time down the stairs, leisurely heading out onto the field to rush the field. I mean, it was... It, it was like the most Vanderbilt. They're the most normal of all. Rushing of the field that you can imagine. But good for Vanderbilt, yeah, man. Yeah, good for wow. them. Uh, we saw Clark Arkansas. Clark Lay, he was on to something at SEC Media Days when he said that, uh, what was it he said? Vanderbilt was going to take over the East or something like that. Become a national power. <laughs> a good program in college football. Something he said they were yeah. going to make him a national power. Yeah, he was hyping them up for sure. Um, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, or not like we mentioned, I want to say that Arkansas knocked off Ole Miss. Ole Miss was the betting favorite going into that one and it was Sam Pittman and the Hawks able to pick up their sixth win of the season so they will be going to a bowl game yeah. uh, but a pretty convincing win for Arkansas well, yeah. some, somehow it, Ole Miss manages to get like 700 and something yards of offense but only score what 28 points yeah they just couldn't something finish like drives I mean goodness gracious yeah. um, that's insane definitely an odd game I guess for them just not even be able to like I said like finishing drives just kind of sound like feel like they were just going in between the fields maybe they were just going through the motions and uh just a lot of distractions going on with the potential of lane kiffin leaving and all of that maybe this the team wasn't in it who knows and then also we had the south carolina gamecocks knock off the tennessee volunteers spent the weekend in columbia south carolina my brother of course a, a graduate of tennessee my stepbrother works there in columbia in athletic training and uh, able to go see that game, oh, really? That's and cool. and what a fun ba- a game that was! No one saw that one coming whatsoever. Uh, the no. Tennessee Volunteers defeated by South Carolina, sixty three thirty eight, the most points ever given up by Tennessee in an SEC football game happened on Saturday, and we also saw Hendon Hooker, yeah. who was Tears a ACL front runner like for the Heisman Trophy, tear his ACL. This <sighs> also eliminated. Tennessee's chances of making it into college football playoffs. Yeah. We talk about storm filming, feel you know, field. storm in the field. I don't know what I said. Storm, storm fielding. fielding. <laughs> yeah, you know what I meant, Brant. You love when I do that. I do. Um, field storming. Misspeak. That was awesome. What South Carolina sure. did. Yeah, they they cool. let it all out. Jumped over the bushes. Did and they sandstorm the field? Goodness gracious, they did. <laughs> 
I was about to ask, do we have a sandstorm hotkey? That <laughs> feels <laughs> like something we would have. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll say this. So, uh, yeah, very surprising there that South Carolina did what they did. Winning a game, you know, at home is that's not unheard of. So I mean, upsets happen, but to beat them that like way that. was just uh, that was just way out of left field. And you mentioned most that Tennessee had ever get up is the most ever. Uh, by an unranked team over a top five in the modern bowl mm-hmm. or in the modern ranking history. So, I mean, that's how significant that was. Uh, I'm also, though, very happy. You you always say you hate to hear that somebody tore their ACL. I am glad that it was just the ACL because when I saw that, that – injury looked bad, man. Yes, when, oh. when that play happened – that was that was like oh no that's I watched it like, and I said oh that's not good no that yeah. that was one of those that looked like a potential career ender like a it was just so awkward it's kind of like Bo Jackson's with the hip it, like it yeah. just it was so awkward that everything in the knee just his body yeah. went one way and everything else that went it, the yeah other it was way. just a very and very and awkward looking thing and it was not a disgusting knee. like leg sideways type thing that you have seen in some injuries. But it was just so awkward that I thought he probably did a lot more damage than just the ACL. So, like I said, I never want to say, "Yeah, I'm just I'm glad somebody tore their ACL." I'm glad for him that it was just the ACL, and that, that it wasn't. As it was not, as it was. you know, patella tendon, other, you know, significant structural damage to to his knee. Because yeah, that was a very, very bad, nasty looking injury when it happened. Time for us to take our first time out during today's program. It is a Monday edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We'll be back after this on Tiger ninety five point nine FM. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Welcome back to Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy. If you would like to be a part of our program, give us a call, 334-887-3401. We want to talk and interact with you, whatever you've got going through your mind here about the wide world of sports. Call in and chat with us. That phone number one more time, 334-887-3401. All right, uh, before we move forward with our program today, we do this each and every day. Let's make sure we celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today on November 21st, 2022. Birthdays in sports is brought to you by Max Credit Union. Allow Max Credit Union to help you with all of your banking needs. Kim Barry, I ask you, who is celebrating a birthday today? Turning 56 years old, quarterback Troy Aikman, former NFL quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, selected first overall in the 1989 NFL Draft by the Cowboys out of UCLA, three-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 27 MVP, 1997 NFL Man of the Year, six-time Pro Bowler, member of the 1989 PFWA All-Rookie Team, member of the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor, 
At UCLA, he won the 1988 Davey O'Brien Award, 1987 Pac-10 Offensive Player of the Year, 1988 Consensus All-American, and has his jersey number eight retired by the UCLA Bruins, and he's a member of the Pro and College Football Hall of Fame. Started his college career at Oklahoma. Yeah, started at Oklahoma. Started he won, Oklahoma he won a Oklahoma. championship at Oklahoma. Yep. Started Oklahoma and went to USLA, UCLA back in the before the transfer portal days. <laughs> Turning 51, Michael Strahan, former NFL defensive end for the New York Giants, selected in the second round of the 1993 NFL Draft by the Giants out of Texas Southern. Super Bowl 42 champion, 2001 NFL Defensive Player of the Year, four-time first-team All-Pro, second two-time second-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time NFL Sacks leader, member of the NFL 2000s All-Decade team, member of the NF, uh, the New York Giants Ring of Honor, uh, has his jersey number two retired by the Giants, holds the NFL record for most sacks in a season at 22 and a half, and member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And doing just about everything on television. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's so crazy that he retired in 2007. Uh-huh. And I, I just, I don't know why I felt like he retired earlier. Right. But he's really been on, I mean, he's really been on TV just all the time, From, everywhere, doing everything. You know, pregame coverage America. for Fox. And then, yeah, the big gig, Good Morning America. Yeah. Shout out to Michael Strahan, doing awesome things. Happy Man. birthday. Man's working. Turning 33 today, Justin Tucker, current NFL kicker for the Baltimore Ravens went undrafted in 2012 out of Texas um, and then signed with the Ravens as an undrafted free agent. Uh, Super Bowl 47 champion, five time first team All Pro, two time second team All Pro, five time Pro Bowler, member of the NFL 2010's All Decade team, holds the NFL holds NFL records for career field goal percentage at 91.9%, 91.1%, longest field goal, which is 66 yards. And most 50-plus yard field goals in a game, which is three. Pretty impressive. He's got a boot. Yeah, he does. He's the greatest kicker of all time. He's dialed in. Made a couple against my Panthers yesterday. Shout out Justin Tucker. Happy birthday. And lastly, turning 53 today, Ken Griffey Jr., former MLB center fielder, played for the Seattle Mariners, Cincinnati Reds, and Chicago White Sox. 13-time All-Star, 1997 AL MVP, 10-time Gold Glove Award winner, 7-time Silver Slugger, 2005 NL Comeback Player of the Year, 4-time AL Home Run Leader, 1997 AL RBI Leader, has his jersey number 24, retired with the Mariners, member of the Seattle Mariners Hall of Fame and the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame, member of MLB All-Century Team, and was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer in 2016. Happy birthday indeed. Birthdays in sports. Once again, we want to let you know they're brought to you by our friends at Max Credit Union. Stop by. They've got two locations in the area. uh, One in Auburn on Gay Street. One in Opelika on Frederick Road. November 21st, 2022. Really impressive birthdays today for folks in the sports world. A bunch of legendary birthdays. No kidding. That's a really good day here on November 21st. All right, right, let's talk about Auburn football. Auburn football got a win on Saturday, 41-17 against Western Kentucky. A lot of talk last week on this very show about that line in Las Vegas, a a five-and-a-half spread between Auburn and WKU. This is a game that Auburn won 41-17. So a 24-point margin. The Tigers covered that line, but a game that was tied at halftime. Tied 17-17 there at the break. 
And then in the second half, Auburn picked things up. So the one thing that I want to say is that people that don't really understand um, how important that win was or how good that win was, if you look at Western Kentucky, uh, they 15th-ranked offense. So, I mean, they, they have a great offense. They, we knew they were going to spread around. They've scored a bunch of points this year. Uh, it was a game that when Auburn was going through their struggles with Brian Harson here, it was a game that a lot of people were saying Auburn could very well and might possibly lose that game. Because right. when you're in that streak of losses, it was really like Auburn may not win another game in the season. And that included Western Kentucky because they were piling up the points. And yeah. just not a good matchup for Auburn when you're you're thinking about a team that you might have to get in a shootout with. And so uh, for Auburn to absolutely dismantle them in the second half like that, that, that was big because that was a very, very good offensive team that Auburn's defense just completely shut down in the second half. So uh, great for them. Uh, I was I was glad I got to actually be at the games, the, the only one I got to go to this year, and so watching things with my own eyes. But it was really cool to watch Auburn go old school. Uh, they went they went really old school for two scores, and then they went kind of old school, like Cadillac old school with the uh, halfback pass. Hmm, yeah. But but the two toss sweeps out of the I formation for touchdowns that that is just like that's some nineteen eighty seven yeah, right. football. That is that, that is some, that is some Bo Jackson type oh, stuff yeah. of of running a, a toss sweep out of a power I. Holy goodness, love it, it loved worked. it, yeah, and it worked to perfection. I mean, especially the one with Tank. You get yeah. those lead blockers out in front of him and just cleared Solid. the way. Nobody even touched him. And so uh, some great, great offensive plays. You got some of the uh, the big uh, chunk plays that you have not seen a lot from this offense, and you, you, you were able to see that, the big plays. And then the defense steps up with a couple of turnovers, including a pick six that really just you know kind of was the nail in the coffin. So – yeah, great game by Auburn, um, and just kept that momentum going. That that cattle, that the momentum and excitement that Cadillac has brought to that team, they just kept it going. And so you're hoping that that confidence they've built up over the these last couple of weeks will carry over to that Iron Bowl coming up. Mr. Daughtry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, defense was amazing in the second half, and they switched mm-hmm. things up a little bit. They started uh, doing some more exotic stuff. They blitzed a little bit more. They ran some zone blitzes. Uh, they ran a few more twist stunts. They did things to get more pressure on Austin Reed because Austin Reed kind of carved Auburn up in yeah, the first did. half. Not didn't put up a ton of points, but played really well. I didn't. I knew that Austin Reed was good. I didn't know he was as good as he looked on Saturday. But uh, the defense really came out in the second half, and they did some things different. But for the most part, it was just playing better, uh, and that was really impressive to see offensively. Yeah, I. The first half was a little bit ugly, but you you really saw them kind of pick it up in the second half. You ran some more counters. You ran some misdirection stuff more so in the first half. First half was all inside zone and, yeah. Yeah, and, and outside zone. Uh, and you, you opened up the playbook a little more in the second half with your running game. And like like Tom said, you had those, those sweeps out of the eye and those toss sweeps out of the eye, which is something that Auburn hasn't run in forever. Um, but it, that was Cadillac Williams' favorite play, so... Yeah. It, it makes sense that you've seen it more uh, since he took over. Just all in all, a, a much better showing in the second half. You adjusted. I mean, that was what we've been crying for this entire time. You adjusted in the second half, and it was really impressive to see because everything started to work. Um, I'm still not changing my tune about the Iron Bowl, but 
No. This Auburn team's going to be fine. Uh, I think Auburn football is going to be just fine, and I was really impressed with the way they took the win on Saturday. We're going to have plenty of time to get to the Iron Bowl. I want to hold those thoughts for just a little bit. Iron Bowl coming up on Saturday. You can listen to the game starting at 2.30 kickoff, 11.30 a.m. airtime on FM Talk 93.9. Auburn took care of the football against Western Kentucky. Yeah, they did. No yes. turnovers. And remember, that was the big thing last big week. Point of emphasis. In the entire college football world, in all of FBS, Western Kentucky, of all schools, is first in the entire country. They have forced 30 turnovers. Auburn is 121st in the entire country. Lousy. Auburn had only forced 11 turnovers on the season. Western Kentucky forced 30, Auburn forced 11, and on Saturday, Auburn had the two interceptions, and Western Kentucky did not force any turnovers. That was big to win in the turnover battle against a team that is that dominant and forcing you to turn the ball over. Yeah, and and, and the uh, the pick six particularly came with pressure because they had him wrapped up and it caused him to make a stupid decision. Tossed it like a grenade out of a foxhole. Yeah, exactly, and right to an Auburn player. Uh, Yeah, Auburn made some great adjustments. The one thing that Western Kentucky was doing is is he was getting the ball out of his hands so quick. They did a lot of those quick screens, Mm -hmm. quick slants, just – the, the type of stuff that you're used to seeing in the air raid type offense where they just get the ball out of his hands. So there was not a lot of chance for Auburn to get there to him. But the other thing is they had so many guys going out that you had to put linebackers into coverage. And so you were trying to hopefully get that push with your defensive line. Part of that adjustment is they, they were able to figure some things out, uh, take away some of those quick uh, the quick hitters. The, the one thing that really kind of frustrated me, though, with the defense was the third down defense, in the especially in the first half. They, they seemed like they could get them in second and 10, or I'm sorry, third and 10, third and 12, but then they'd give up a big chunk play. They quit doing that in the second half. They were able to get those stops finally in the second half. They figured some things out, made the adjustments, and uh, yeah, started get actually getting some pressure back there on their on the quarterback and making him a little bit uncomfortable because yeah, when he has a chance to stand there, uh, either get the quick throws or have the chance to stand there, the, the dude could find somebody open and he was yeah he was really good at that so getting the pressure was big yeah auburn yeah. really took away the the screen game in the second half and honestly it was Keontae scott Keontae scott coming yeah. up reading those screens and just taking on the wide receiver that was attempting to block him pretty much just blowing up every every screenplay they tried to run in the second half which is you know i don't know how reliable that is like over and over i don't know if Keontae scott's going to be able to blow up wide receivers from Georgia and Alabama that are trying to block him on screens like that, but it worked against Western Kentucky, and, I mean, that's how you blow it up, right, is you yeah. get you get by the wide receiver who's trying to block you, and uh, it makes things tackle. a lot easier, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Western Kentucky averaged 39 almost points, per, almost 40 points per game, and we held, were, Auburn was able to hold them to 17 points all, all in the first half, did not allow them to score at all in the second half. Uh, like you guys said, I mean, great adjustments by by the coaching staff overall. Um, and this team just continues to fight. And that's just something that we hadn't seen, you know, but throughout most of the season until Cadillac took over. And so I think it's just good to see. And I, I agree with you, Brant. I think Auburn football as a whole, the program is going to be 
just fine. 334-887-3401. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and joining us we've got... Ed from Auburn. Ed has called into Sports Call here today. Hello, Ed. Thanks for the call today. Happy Thanksgiving week to you, my friend. Uh, yeah, JJ, and happy Thanksgiving uh, week to you. It's been a long time. Uh, and who have you got? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I haven't been able to call in a little while. Yeah, I've got I've got Tom and Brant and Cam here. We got a full house okay. with me on the well, show. Well, all right. Well, uh, peace to all y'all. Uh, you know, Thank I hope you. everybody has a great, great you know holiday. Uh, I was going to mention uh, uh, listening to the game. Uh, you know, I, I like to listen to. You know, uh, they mentioned again uh, on uh, that when y'all were just talking about passing game, and, and our, our I think most of our passing defense has been mostly a good pass rush. They mentioned again, uh, and I, I've seen several times. Uh, you know, a good passing team, and, and you know, uh, if not for our pass rush, we're in trouble because our defensive backs, you know, Jalen Simpson, I've seen him mess up so many times this year. And I think it was Zion that, uh, that Stan and, uh, you know, Andy uh, were having such a hard time understanding, you know, should have been an easy interception. Uh, playing with their backs, you know, they're not playing good defensive back play. But uh, it, it's not only them. I've noticed that with Alabama's not as good, and they've got twice the talent. And, you know, it just seems like what, what Auburn's doing with running, that's the only thing they can do right now, you know. But there are other teams that are having problems throwing the ball this year, and for that reason, a, a good offensive mind, and it doesn't have to be the head coach. If, if Lane Kiffin doesn't come here, if you get a good enough, you know, offensive coordinator, you're going to have a good chance, you know. But one other thing I was going to mention about people talking about Bama and their problems. Uh, What's that? You know, Scott Cochran leaving, I think, was a problem. But, but, they're not playing with any emotion. And if you see the difference between Brian Harson and Cadillac, they're playing with emotion. The kids are having fun for the first time in a year and a half. You know, and it's it's so refreshing to see. And I hope that whoever comes into Auburn is watching and saying, this is how you win at Auburn. You have to have that emotion. You, you can't be Bill Belichick or Nick Saban or Urban Meyer at Auburn. I just don't see it. But anyway, guys, War Eagle and, hey, looking forward to loving this basketball team. It's a mature. Thanks, guys. All right, War Eagle, thanks for the call there, Ed. Yeah, I think he brings up a good point about the secondary. They hadn't been playing well. I thought they played pretty well in this game, specifically with Jalen Simpson. About two games ago, when Donovan Kaufman got hurt, they moved him from corner to safety, and he's looked really, really good as a safety. He's looked significantly better. Uh, DJ James was the guy who dropped the pick at the yeah. end of the first half that on the drive that Western Kentucky ended up scoring on uh, on probably the best play call I've ever seen. That middle screen was incredible. Um, 
but I, it, uh, but James ended up getting the pick six to kind of seal the game at the end, so he made up for that mistake. So, yeah, I, I think the defensive backs are playing a lot better. I think a position change is going to really benefit uh, Jalen. What's his last name? I just said Simpson. Jalen Simpson. Good night. That was that was wild. But yeah, I think Jalen Simpson has looked really good at safety, and I think that. I think he's right. I think you have to coach with a little bit of emotion at Auburn. I think that these kids respond well to that, and I think it's something a little bit different, and I hope that the next coach that comes in can embrace that. Let's take our next break here in the opening hour of Sports Call. Call in. We want to hear from you. 334-887-3401. Sports Call continues in a moment. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back in. It's Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995 and continuing to move forward into new and better and amazing things. We're talking Auburn athletics here. The Tigers defeating Western Kentucky. They win by a score of 41-17 and now have their eyes set on the Iron Bowl. It's going to be a tough task. Auburn opened as a 22-point underdog against the Crimson Tide. According to Bet Online. we'll have tons of conversation about that game and more coming up in the second hour of the program. Before we wind down this first hour, however, on Friday night, we saw the Auburn men's basketball team back in action. The men's basketball team is now currently in Cancun. They are in Mexico. They take on Bradley tomorrow, and then they'll play uh, the winner or loser of the Northwestern Liberty game on Wednesday. If Auburn wins... They play the winner of that game. If Auburn loses, they play the loser of that game. So uh, the Tigers, still unbeaten, took on Texas Southern Friday night. Uh, Katie Johnson, a top performance for the Tigers. But the one Mm -hmm. thing everyone wants to continue to point at with this team, guys, as we've talked about, is uh, shooting the basketball, what that percentage is going to look like Mm -hmm. because it will help them win a whole lot of games, and it could cost Auburn from time to time as well yeah they uh they struggled from three again you know 25 percent but uh chris moore had a great shooting game from three three for four from three uh definitely want to highlight that I, he had a he, i mean he just stuffed the stat line uh stuffed the stat sheet you know 14 points three assists seven rebounds one block one steal so he i mean he was just all over the place brought a little bit of a different energy uh texas southern kind of tried to uh tried to bully auburn tried to kind of you know show a little bit more force they were definitely physical on defense um so they they got away with a couple of things but auburn again their defense ended up holding up uh you know held held texas southern just to one for 11 from three um and 36 percent shooting from the field overall so so again the defense showed up you can definitely tell that we missed janai broom uh that was that was a big big miss um just having his presence in the paint uh, overall was something that, you know, the, the defense was still very good, like I said, but it, it could have obviously been better had Janai been out there. Um, and, yeah, so it, you can see the impact that he has on the floor when he's or when he's not on the floor. Yeah, uh, just watching the game from where I was sitting, I, re- I think Auburn's defense, I think Auburn's identity on, bas- on the basketball court is going to oh, be yeah. – 
suffocate people defensively and then use your depth to wear them out in the second half because you've got 10 or 11 guys that are going to get regular minutes right so your job is going to be hold them to low scores and get the offense where you can you did miss Janai Broom uh Dylan Cardwell I love the guy he does not have the scoring ability that Janai Broom does inside mm-hmm. his footwork's not there he's not re- he doesn't I mean he just doesn't have it offensively no. but I, I still think he can be a valuable asset uh I, I think with I think with the shooting, sometimes it's going to be there, sometimes it's not. Good shooting teams have bad days. Bad shooting teams have good days. This is an Auburn team that is trying to be competent from from the three-point line, and I think they can get there. Uh, what does that look like? Probably about 35% shooting by the end of the season, which is not going to blow anybody away. I'll take but it's it it's good. It's good numbers. You're going to win 20, 20. You're going to win between 20 and 25 games, uh, and you're going to have a shot at the SEC title if you can shoot that percentage. Uh, the biggest problem right now is rebounding, but again, Janai Broom being hurt, you, you can understand why uh, the rebounding wasn't as good. Yeah, Texas Southern was very athletic. They're very, very athletic. Very, they very, had very a athletic. Uh, a center who, whose name I can't remember, but he wore number five. He was very physical and very athletic and very strong, and I think he came off the came off the court for five minutes the entire game. He played the entire first half, and Walker. I don't. Th- uh, it might have been. I, I don't remember. Played but 36 minutes. Yeah. yeah, so 36 of a possible 40. Yeah, he, he didn't come off the floor until he absolutely just had to, and he didn't finish the game for them. But just a, a good showing, not a great showing. The shooting's, the shooting's on and off. I mean, shooting is a tough thing. Um, a lot of it's luck. But the thing is, they're taking good shots. They're not just throwing up contested shots and praying that they go in. They are taking good looks. And uh, if 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 those shots start to fall, if you shoot forty percent rather than thirty or twenty five percent in one game, you're going to hang a hundred. You're going to beat somebody by forty. I, that's just what this Auburn team is going to do. So you're going to have some ugly games. You're going to have to win some rock fights. But at the end of the day, I still think this team's going to be pretty darn good. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. The guard play is going to be something to continue to watch mm-hmm. moving forward for the Auburn team. Earlier in the week, it was Wendell Green Jr. who led the way offensively. As we said a moment ago, Katie Johnson, the top scorer for the Tigers against Texas Southern. You've got Trey Donaldson coming in uh, in that backcourt as well. We've seen Chance Westry now make his Auburn debut. So uh, curious to see again what the consistency of that backcourt looks like for Auburn because they don't have somebody like a Jabari Smith Jr. or Walker Kessler on the inside that you can count on to be your go-to scorer this season. And so it will fall into the hands of a lot of those guards. And are they going to have it from night to night? Who knows? I think the – I'll go first. I think with the the consistency is going to come from Wendell Green. I think he's been your best player so far from, from top to bottom. Uh, what's going to have to happen is when he comes off the floor, who replaces him? Who's right. able to pick up that offense? Is it Chance Westry? Is it Trey Donaldson? Does Zepp Jasper start playing the one again, even though I don't think he's been your primary ball handler yet this year? Uh, so it's I think fun. he's going to remain at the two. So it's going to be Trey Donaldson and Chance Westry that yeah. get those minutes at, at the point guard spot. And it's going to be, can those guys pick up the offense? Even if they're not scoring, can they facilitate the way Wendell does? And can Wendell just Wendell's got to get that three? If Wendell gets that three point shot falling it's consistently, up. it's he's going to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing um, so far that has kind of surprised me is how that uh, Johan Traor is not a bigger part. But I mean, yeah, I, that, that really has surprised me. I thought he was going to be the guy that could come in and and be the next Jabari. 
Right, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people did. But you look at this game, he only played 12 minutes. He attempted one one shot. He was 0 for 3 from three points. Yeah, he had, well, and he got yeah. a rebound. He got in foul trouble. They got him well, in foul sure. trouble quick. They they kept going at him right. consistently. But, but you know, he has not uh, – he's not lived up to that hype that, that he came in. And granted, I know it's only been, what, three games? Four. I, I get it. They three and zero or four and zero? It is four and zero. Okay, um, you know, I just I was expecting more out of him. Uh, I'm not not saying that it's not going to eventually happen, but uh, I mean, when you look at a kid and he's only getting 12 minutes, I, I mean, you're hoping that you get more out of him, especially if you if you're if you're having the guys that are struggling shooting from your guard position, if you're having that trouble on the outside. You really hope that this would be a freshman that could come in and be that Jabari Smith, could be that force on the inside, or maybe even a little bit on the outside, but somebody that could be that kind of a big force, uh, that score from in and out that could just really take over a game for you. And we just haven't seen that from him yet. Yeah, I'm I'm not too worried about that, you know, just yet, because like you said, it's only we're only four games in. Um, I think we saw flashes of the talent and the potential in Israel, and now right. we're just in in regular you know, regular season play, uh, you know, kind of got to get those jitters out. It's, it's all good. I'm really not worried about, about Johan yet. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, I will say free throw shooting was great. Like yeah. a lot better last night. Set, uh, five, 15 for 20, 75% at the free throw line. That is exactly what we like to see. Yeah. The guys were hitting their free throws when they got the chance to go to the line, and I, I just applaud that big time. So, uh, you know, just keep up the consistency. And, and that's one of – yeah, that, that type of consistency is something that you need to compare to last year. Last year's team was good at the line because there, there were a lot of games that they – basically one at the line if you go back and you look at how many free throws they were like setting records for like how many times they went to the line and it was just because they were able to force things inside so much so you're able to get those points when you couldn't shoot from the outside and that's what this team is going to have to have again this year if you're going to have those struggles from behind the arc then you've got to be able to push that inside draw those fouls and then be able to take care of it and cash that in at the line Auburn basketball will take on Bradley tomorrow. That's the other thing to point out. Bradley is going to be the best team that Auburn has played this season. Auburn has not been tested uh, so far this year. They've been playing um, home games to open up the season. You look at the Tigers right now, they are 18th in Ken Palm, which is a, we talk about Ken Palm every single year, a really good basketball efficiency breakdown. Auburn is number 18 in the country. They have played... Number 138, George Mason. Number 201, South Florida. Number 181, Winthrop. And Friday against Texas Southern, that is the 240th best team in the entire country out of 363. So 122, Bradley, will be the Tigers' toughest test to date. And we'll see how they fare in that matchup coming up then. Yeah, and as as far down the list as those guys are, Auburn's done a great job in scheduling guys yeah. that you should out athlete, but they're still good tests. Yeah, not you know, cupcakes. those every single one of the teams that Auburn has played so far is a threat to win their conference. They're a threat to get to the, the NCAA tournament. So yeah. while Auburn is better than those teams, it's it's been kind of a ramp, and now you're getting to Cancun, and this is where that ramp really starts to get up. And Auburn's going to start facing t- tougher competition here soon. 
Basketball back in action tomorrow for your Auburn Tigers. We've reached the end of hour number one of Sports Call here today. Alongside Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry, my name is J.J. Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call gets going right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm inside the studio today with Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy. And uh, we're having a whole lot of fun talking all things Auburn Athletics and everything else going on in the wide, wide world of sports. Again, the World Cup is off and moving today. The United States has already played a game. They drew 1-1 to against Wales. They are in the group stage. Eight groups of four. The top two teams from each group advance to the round of 16. And then we get a bracket and we get some elimination that takes place in that sort of thing. Zero points for a loss. One point for a tie. Three points for a win in your group as you go and play everybody. The United States, again, had a draw today. So one point for the Americans. And they will be back in action coming up on Friday. Football is also a big thing that takes place this week as it's rivalry weekend across the sport. We'll see the Egg Bowl on Thursday between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Many people wonder still, is Lane Kiffin set to be the next head football coach of the Auburn Tigers? And that is a big storyline in that, guys, this time next week, we could be talking about a new football coach for Auburn one way or the other. Who knows? We'll wait and see. And I... Right now, we don't know, and, and we don't know. Uh, it, it, people uh, are kind of putting percent. Tell. People are pretty putting percentages out there on on what it is. It looks like all signs are pointing that way. I mean, if you just kind of collectively look at what Auburn beat writers are saying, what Ole Miss beat writers are saying, all signs are kind of pointing that direction. But there's nothing official yet, and and anything could happen. And we know that. Ole Miss has an offer to Lane Kiffin sitting there on the table that has not been announced that he has accepted yet. Yo. So we know that. Um, could it be Friday? So Ole Miss and Mississippi State play on Thursday. Obviously, Auburn plays on Saturday. Could they make the announcement on Friday? Potentially. I've heard that. 
I've heard, I've heard, I've heard that they would wait until after the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I think it'd be Sunday. I think it'd be after the season's done. Maybe, but but then again, there's there's a lot of speculation on. We're just saying hypothetically, it is Lane Kiffin, and this is the guy uh, that they want to go ahead and name it Friday, in to kind of take the pressure off of. Uh, I guess maybe the fan base and the whole Cadillac thing, if they were to beat Alabama, which, I mean, that's a long shot, but do you do it then to have him in place and that way, you know, the fans already know, or do you wait until after so that you don't take the spotlight away from Cadillac? I think I think you wait until after the game. I think Cadillac has accepted he's probably not going to get the job. Right. I don't think he expects to get the job. Uh, I think it'll be Sunday or Monday after the Iron Bowl if it is Lane Kiffin. And right now I believe it is Lane Kiffin's job to accept or decline. Right. Uh, and I think all signs point towards him accepting the job. I think that on Monday or Tuesday we'll be talking on this show about the Lane, the beginning of the Lane Kiffin era at Auburn. Uh, and may, may, he Lane, may he reign for a long time. May I, Lane reign. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, World Cup. Let's talk about the World Cup for a little bit. That was a fun game. Um, yeah, it was a U- fun, a fun U.S. game. U.S. got out to an early lead, uh, I think the 26th minute. Uh, beautiful through ball from Christian Pulisic, Pulisic that was finished off um, by Tim Ray. I can't remember. I can't remember how you say his name. Weya. Weya, thank you. I couldn't remember what it, I couldn't remember. I knew it was like Raya or something <laughs> like that. Weya. Tim Weya was finished off. Beautiful goal there. And then, you, you know, just a – the first half from the U.S. was really, really good. Wales was hanging back and mostly playing defense, and the U.S. was applying pressure and not letting Wales hold on to the ball. In the second half, Wales came out a lot more aggressive and, and kind of put the U.S. on the back foot. And they ended up getting that console. They ended up getting the, the tying goal uh, late in the game, 82nd minute, I think it was. Gareth Bale on a penalty, just a, a dumb penalty, but... You know, th- things things like that happen in the World Cup. You know, it, it is a high-pressure situation, and this that was a really fun game to watch. U.S. now gets play, set to play England on Friday, um, and that's going to be a, a game you're, you're – if you can steal a point in that game, England's really good. If you can get a draw in that game, you feel really good about your chances moving forward to advance to the knockout stages. Again, it's uh, the first World Cup match of the, uh, of the 2022 World Cup for the United States. Also, their first match – in the World Cup in eight years because four years ago you couldn't United draw States with Trinidad didn't qualify for the uh, for the big tournament <laughs> they're back in it which is great a really young squad this year and uh, we'll see if this if, if what they can accomplish it could be huge for the future of American soccer it, well, you know yeah I mean it, that's the thing you talk about the future for American soccer when you look at athletics in general the U.S. is so dominant in so many sports. You, know, you look at like the Summer Olympics, and they dominate in gymnastics and track and field. And, and obviously, American football is our own thing. Baseball, you're starting to get some of the Caribbean, Dominican Republic, you know, starting to be good in baseball. But really, the U.S. is baseball. All these sports that the U.S. is so dominant in, for some reason, soccer is just one of those that – the U.S. men, the U.S. women have had a lot of success, but now lately they've been losing. But for whatever reason, the, the U.S. men just they Stop. they never can get to the elite level of a Brazil or an Argentina or Germany. Germany, Germany. I mean, several they, years ago, yeah, yeah. I mean, these that are like like your your T 
typical powerhouses that are winning World Cups. Uh, U.S. just can't seem to find that. And I, and I don't know if it's because the soccer culture in those countries is so much bigger than it is in the that's, U.S. That's, is, exactly that's exactly what it is. You've got, is. you've got so much. The reason the women are so dominant is because the U.S. has started investing in that and they got out way ahead of every other country yes. investing in women's sports. The men's are, they're decades and decades behind the countries that are super powerful and have won several World Cups because the the United States just doesn't care as much about soccer. Now, that is changing, and America is doing more to invest in the soccer culture, and that's why America is looking to make noise. They want to get out of this group stages. They want to advance a couple of rounds in the knockout stages, even though you know they don't expect to win the thing. But, JJ, you said it a minute ago, they're a very young team. They're the second youngest team in this year's tournament. So you've got guys that are getting experience now that – over the next eight years, they've got to have two more World Cups to play in, most likely. Those guys are looking to get this experience and later make noise. Um, it's going to be held in North America in 2026, uh, and these guys really want to make a run at that World Cup in a couple of years. Uh, we're talking about the United States in the World Cup in Qatar. They will be back in action on Friday. As Brant said, the opponent is England for the Americans. That will start at 2 p.m. Eastern. 1 o'clock Central, and then next Tuesday will be the final game of the group stage for the United States, USA versus Iran next Tuesday, also at 1 p.m. Central, 2 o'clock Eastern. And then if the United States have the most points or the second most points out of that group of four, Wales, USA, England, Iran, then they advance to the round of 16 and into the knockout stage portion of the tournament. So what's fun about this group is you've got England, who's really good, and you've got Iran, who's really bad. <laughs> England is, you know, it's like 99% probability they're going yeah, to make it. Right. Iran, it's about 99% probability they're going to get knocked out. So it's really between America and Wales for that second spot. Well, they tied today. So uh, like you said, JJ, whoever has the most points gets through, and you can earn you earn one point for drawing, three points for winning and zero points if you lose. So England or United States and Wales are tied at 1-1. Well, what happens if they tie on points? It's it turns into goal differentials. So right now in these next three ga- in these next two games, Got England or excuse me, America has to lose to England by fewer goals and beat Iran by more goals. And I think England earlier today beat Iran like 5-0. 6-2. 6-2. Yeah. So plus so, 4. So they're plus 4. Differential. And again, England is the one that everybody thinks they are going to move through. Like I said, if you can just get a draw with England, you feel really good about your chances. We'll see what happens. It's the World Cup in Qatar being played in November going into December as opposed to the summertime yep. when you're more accustomed to it and more used to it. Because it's very hot in the Middle East. Yeah. A lot of controversy with it in Qatar right now with just all the uh, the rules yep. that no they beer. have. You can't drink. You can't no beer. Do anything. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to get Qatar, Qatari <laughs> fans were chanting, "We want beer" in Arabic <laughs> uh, during the first game. One of the uh, one of the uh, uh, Spanish speaking countries, their fans were also doing that. They were they were chanting, "We want <laughs> beer." Alcohol makes things more enjoyable for a lot of people. Yeah. Not in Qatar. You will go to jail for it. Can't blame yep. them. All right. We've got to take a break here in the second hour of the program. Sports Call continues in a moment. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen. Can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. 
Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call. On WTGC, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Cam Berry. Brant Daughtry here with us as well. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 to be a part of the show. All right, Auburn gets set to play in the Iron Bowl coming up on Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa. Kickoff set for 230 you can watch the game on CBS, or we would encourage you to listen to the radio broadcast on FM Talk 93.9. Alabama has opened as a 22-point favorite against the Tigers. Players speaking in the media today, talking about house money. No one is thinking uh, that Auburn can win this football game, so let's just go out there, play with all heart, all effort, and see what can happen, see if we're able to pick up a major upset in this. And a lot of people assumed that if Auburn were to uh, win this game, of course, they're going to be bowl eligible with that sixth win. If not, their season comes to a close. However, Brett McMurphy, who is the king of college football bowl projections, today has the Tigers projected to go play in the Liberty Bowl against Memphis as a 5-7 and seven team. Oh, Again, yeah. they look at the academic progress reports, your APR scores, and Auburn is in good standing right now with their APR score. And as of now, Auburn would be a football team that even with a seventh loss of the year would be extended an invitation to compete in a bowl game. So maybe this is the last game of the year for Auburn if they lose. Maybe it's not. Done. Yeah. Interesting. Who knows? Yeah, not, not the, a, the number is you need 82 bowl eligible teams. Yeah, and right now there are 75. Yep. Or That's 70, exactly 71, it. something like that. Uh, so you've got a couple of spots open, and there are a lot of teams that are five and six heading into this weekend. Some of them will win, some of them will lose. If you're Auburn, you hope that not enough of them win. Or, well, obviously you hope you win the Iron Bowl. But in the event that you don't, you hope that there are enough of those five and seven teams that lose this weekend, uh, or those five and six teams that lose this weekend to where uh, you have an opportunity to go play in the play in a bowl game. But right now, yes, the Tigers have a potential to go play in a bowl game. Uh, again, and Like you said, against Memphis would be a, an interesting one. In Memphis against Baylor at the Liberty Bowl. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, sorry. Oh. That you said Liberty Bowl in Mem- against Memphis. If I did, I misspoke. Mm-hmm. The Liberty Bowl will be played in Memphis, Tennessee. There you go. And the projection right now is the Auburn Tigers versus the Baylor Bears. I like Baylor. I think I think that would be an interesting matchup. It would be an interesting matchup. All right, Auburn is a 22-point underdog. <clears throat> What's it going to take? Uh, oh the biggest thing what is... isn't it? Yeah. I, the biggest thing for Auburn is to not let the game get away from you. Uh, Alabama has the potential to do that. They they have the potential to put that game away by halftime. Um, so Auburn needs to figure out something to stay in it. Obviously, adjustments are going to be a big thing. Uh, that that's just typical. But for Auburn, you just at least want to try to have a fighter's chance when you get down towards the fourth quarter, because then you never know what might happen. A bounce goes here, a bounce goes there, yeah. and you're back in it. But if you get into the fourth quarter and you're already down by 28 points, then 
uh, you know, you're really not looking very right. good there. So just try to stay in it and give yourself a fighter's chance. Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, Alabama is better than Auburn. That's just simply the fact of, of what it is. Alabama is better than Auburn. They're more talented across the board than Auburn. They just better. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but the one thing that I will say, Alabama, one thing that Alabama is very guilty of a lot of times because uh, they are so spoiled. Yeah, I don't about think they, they're going to care. Right. I'm. I don't know they're, if they're going to care enough about this game. Yeah, we've seen that happen. Um, usually not in the Iron Bowl because I think they do care. They care it's, about the yeah, Iron Bowl because it is the Iron Bowl. But you see it a lot of times in bowl games that they've played in where they are not in there for a championship. Then that's usually yeah. where they lay an egg. Uh, you kind of hope that they're not clicking on all cylinders. That maybe they're heads are not in it because they're not playing for the sec title they're not playing for a playoff thing to play for right uh so maybe you kind of catch them where they're just kind of coasting and you and you can pull that upset and then like i said that is something that alabama has been guilty of is that they have gotten just so spoiled about playing in the champion the sec title game and in the playoffs that when they're not they tend to not be on their best and so maybe auburn can catch them being vulnerable yeah, I think with I think you have to do what you did last year, uh, except yeah. finish the job Physi- this time. Make it physical. You're you're not going to be able to throw the ball because Auburn just simply cannot throw the ball very well. So you're going to have to lean on a running game. You're going to have to get creative with your running game. You're going to have to take your shots, of course, just to let the defense know you're willing to do it. But you're going to have to rely on Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and Robbie Ashford's legs in this game. Uh, and your defense is going to have to come out and and have the game of its life. Derek Hall is going to have to be in the backfield. You're going to have to get to Bryce Young consistently. That's how you get. That's how you beat him. Yeah, because you make him uncomfortable. You make him move more and more. Because from the pocket, he's, he's going to kill you, pick you apart. Exactly. He was going to tear you up. He he's shown that he has that ability. I mean, even with his legs just kind of rolling outside of the pocket, he has that high ability just to make plays happen. Um, it's going to be tough. And you're if you're Auburn, you just have to stay disciplined on defense. Um, and and yeah, get get in uh, Bryce Young's face and like like Brant said, be creative on on offense. To the phone lines we go three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger nine. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called into Sports Call. Hello, Anthony. How you guys doing today? Doing Very well. well. I hope you're doing well. You know, I see y'all asking questions. What it's going to take for Auburn to win? Well, you know, Pat Dye was asked that question, and he said sixty minutes, sixty minutes of football. You know, in a game this big. You're going to have turnovers. Somebody might throw an interception. Uh, that might help a team get back in a game that they should have had the door closed on. Somebody might fumble the ball. There's going to be some kind of miscue. Somebody might misread the defense and check off into a wrong play and get a loss or, or something stupid will happen. Uh, you might have a goofy kicking game. But I'm going to tell you guys, uh, it don't matter uh, if Alabama being a better team or Auburn not being that good. This is Iron Bowl, and they're going to put it all on the line. They're going to give you all they got on both sides of the ball. It's always been like that. That's why That's why the Iron Bowl is so exciting. That's why people all across the country, CBS and, and everything, want to broadcast this game every year because that's just what it does. It keeps you on the edge of your seat no matter what the records are, no matter who's coaching. But I'm going to tell you something. Um, we had a, a back in 1984, Auburn clearly was a better team. You know, they had all the All-Americans on that defense. They had Greg Carr, linebacker. They had David King in that secondary. They had Tommy Powell and, and Arthur Johnson and and uh, all those guys back there. They had uh, Jerry Williams, Jerry Robinson. Uh, um, uh, let's see, who else they had? They had Ben Thomas on that defensive front and all those people. 
on that offensive side. They had Jeff Lott at guard. They had uh, big old Steve Wallace at offensive tackle. You know, they had All-American center, big old Ben. They had Bo Jackson, Fullwood, Tommy Agee, Jeff Parks at tight end, Trey Gaines at uh, split end, and all those kind of people. And they, uh, let's see, I think they might have had Randy Campbell at quarterback. Not Randy Campbell. It might have been uh, Jeff Berg or somebody. But but they had it all. Anything you know, wait a minute, hold on, man. They had Pat Washington at quarterback in 84. They had everything you could have possibly wanted. They had Pat Dye coaching. They had uh, Bud Casey coaching running backs. They had Wayne Hall, defensive coordinator. Neil Callaway coaching the offensive line. Them, uh, so they had everything you could have possibly wanted. There's three Alabama men there uh, on the team. Uh, Paul Davis was a uh, uh, Volunteer coach, he had come out of Alabama, a Brian staff and all that. So they had everything you wanted. And uh, Bo Jackson on that final play, Auburn would have won. Somehow or another, with some kind of miscommunication, Bo went the wrong way. They gave it to Fullwood, and they caught Fullwood on their end and pushed him on out of bounds. So I'm gonna tell you, it, it don't matter. Uh, it's gonna be a barn burner, a whoa Nelly type kind of game. But Keith Jackson on ABC Football used to always say, "Whoa Nelly." You know, back in the day, you guys don't know nothing about none of that. You we absolutely do. Absolutely. You can see it We that absolutely way. do. But uh, I tell you, that was football. He was one of the best announcers, uh, probably maybe the best of all time. He had some good ones over the years, but I don't think anything that quite that good with a good old Southern draw and know how to uh, talk and, and, and mix with Southern people. But I, I tell you, uh, this is it. This is, this is what the season all about. You know, everybody, they've played all the other games, and I even got down to the last one. I mean, you know, I know there's no conference tight on the line this time for either team or no chance for anybody to go on the Hallelujah Land and play for a possible national title ain't on the line. It's just state bragging rights and pride this time around. And I tell you, uh, Auburn can win this game. It can be won, but, I mean, they're going to have to come out and not shoot themselves in the foot. They're going to have to come out and play some good football and, and, and mistake-free football if that's possible. But we know that's not going to hardly happen. But whatever happens, just just play as a team. Give it 100% every play and just don't quit and keep on fighting. And at the end, if you can stay close enough, you can get a play here that you ain't supposed to get. You can make a block here that you ain't supposed to make or whatever. Then you possibly can pull this thing out. I mean, Alabama's not as disciplined this year as they have been in, in years past. Uh, they've uh, made tons of mistakes in every game, uh, offensive, defensive, special teams. I mean, they just don't look like a well-coached team this time around, uh, to be honest with you. Now, everybody's seen it, and everybody's watched the films on the games they've lost or games they should have lost. And you can see the holes here and holes there where they've been exposed. You can put together a game plan to win this thing, but the players must believe in themselves. Who knows? I mean, you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's no classes this week, right? Thanksgiving break? Everybody's on Thanksgiving break. Well, you know, Cadillac may have them boys down in the junction this week. I don't know. I mean, you know, it could be, you know. Like I'm saying, you don't have to physically go to the junction, but mentally or whatever, you can have that mindset of being in the junction right here in Auburn, if you will. But uh, who knows? It might be in the junction this week. We're going to find out at 2.30 who's got what, who's prepared, who's watched the film and studied good and, and come up with this, this exam here, what they're going to put on the table for us. I'm excited about it. I'm going to go over to my brother's house and watch the game. I hope he don't have to call the police on me and get me out of there. <laughs> yeah, you guys be nice to one another. <laughs> Family first. Be nice. <laughs> but uh, I tell you, uh, everybody's looking forward, man. This is what it's all about. And, and uh, you know, I would like to see Cadillac win. I'm just going to be honest with you. It would it would certainly uh, help his case uh, as far as being named uh, head coach. Uh, if not named head coach here at Auburn, certainly would help his case somewhere else. Uh, people looking at him. Uh He's a young man, 40 years old. Uh, 
you know, he can uh, identify with a lot of these players. He comes yeah. from the same kind of background or whatnot. Can get in those homes and, and communicate on a level maybe some other coach can't and get a guy to come on to your school, help you start building a program. All you need is one piece of the puzzle to get something started. And then people start, other people want to join and other people want to be a part of something. And you can build something and win a game here and there. You ain't got no business winning. So we'll, we'll see. But, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, one other thing, uh, Auburn High going to ease on into that state championship game next week, right? They're, they are in the state title game after they beat Central, so they will be in the uh, state title game in Jordan-Hare Stadium against Thompson. And the girls' uh, flag tag football, uh, when do they play their game for the Same state Same day. What, next Wednesday, they play at 2 o'clock, and then at 7 o'clock they will have uh, the uh, the football game between Auburn and Thompson. The, the Auburn High flag football team plays at 2 p.m., and then uh, the 7 p.m. game will be that 7A football game. Man, it'd be wonderful if the girls would go ahead and punch that ticket and the boys do the same thing. But I just hope that uh, those guys don't, uh, from a psychological standpoint, don't let that Thompson thing that, that got them in that bag last last couple of years and they weren't able to win. I hope that don't let that mess with their mind, thinking that they can't pull it off because they can. But hopefully this coach here won't be a goofball like that other coach and got goofy and start doing stupid stuff down in the red zone and messing around at midfield somewhere. Uh, you know, before it was all said and done and lost this game. But hopefully they'll do it. But we're going to find it out. But, guys, I appreciate it. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. Be safe and uh, make a donation. I'll holler at you. Thank you. That's uh, Anthony right there joining us on the program. So uh, I, I I like a lot of what he said. However, the one thing that I will argue against is that uh, when you start looking at the Iron Bowl and this the idea of, like, anything can happen, barn burner and these types of things, that typically happens of late when it's here at Jordan-Hare Stadium. When it's in Tuscaloosa, that's not the case. Um, and it's it's unfortunate for Auburn, but they've just not played well in Tuscaloosa uh, since uh, 2000. Their last win obviously was in 2010. But if you go back to 2008, um, when Alabama broke the long winning streak Auburn had, 36 to nothing in 2008. Auburn did get the win in 2010. 2012, 49-0 to nothing in Tuscaloosa. 2014, 55 to 14, I'm sorry, 55 to 44. Uh, Auburn did put up a 600 and some odd yards of offense, but they just couldn't stop anybody. So that's a 55 to 44 win. The next year, 30 to 12. 2018, 52 to 21. And then in 2020, 42 to 13. So, yeah, you can say that, yeah, anything can happen in the Iron Bowl. That's typically what happens in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Yeah. But of late in Tuscaloosa, Alabama has just demolished Auburn. And, Tom, all of those meetings that you just rattled off happened under head coach Nick Saban. Yeah. And I've been doing some math on those same scores over here. On average, again, Auburn is 1-6 and six against Nick Saban in Iron Bowls played in Tuscaloosa. Alabama, 41.6 points per game. Auburn. 16.9 so yeah. basically a 42 to 17 ball game on average so yeah so yeah i mean if if auburn is going to change the trend they, it's going to have to be a big change so that's the thing that you know anthony will love you to death but i when they play in tuscaloosa it's usually not a barn burner it's usually been <laughs> torching we'll see what happens saturday's action 230 auburn and alabama playing in the iron bowl we'll take a quick break back with more sports call after this you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au we're done paying the bills 
Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We're back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry inside our studios talking about the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl will be played on Saturday, Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, 2.30 p.m. kickoff. You can watch it on CBS, but we want you to listen to the radio broadcast on FM Talk 93.9. And in addition to that, uh, the Tiger Tailgate Show gets started at 11.30 a.m. Make sure you listen to Andy Burcham, Stan White, Ronnie Brown, Jason Campbell, Brad Law, Britt Bowen, all your familiar voices there with the Auburn Sports Network. Going to be a fun one. A lot of people want to know what to uh, expect from this Auburn offense, given their play as of late. Under head coach Cadillac Williams, the passing game for Auburn just has not gotten going whatsoever this season. Saturday, despite a 24-point win for Auburn, we still saw a sub-50% completion rate for quarterback Robbie Ashford. However, we did see two 100-yard performances once again for Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. So passing game, not really there for Auburn. Running the football has been there over the last few weeks. Yeah, yep. there's there's no point for Auburn to rush the football except for, for, except for you to tell the defense, like, you just were willing to do this. You're going to have to defend it. But other than that... The running game has pretty much been abandoned, and it's because of the quarterback. I mean, Robbie Ashford the has... The passing game has been abandoned. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, Robbie Ashford, he's just not a great thrower of the football. Uh, he There might be able to get some guy in there that can, you know, fix some of his mechanical issues and right. uh, make him a more accurate passer. I think he's got a strong arm. I think he's got arm talent. For sure. But he just doesn't know how to use it right now, especially on the stuff that requires a little bit of touch. So yeah. he can throw it a mile, but there are a lot of guys out there that can throw it a mile. It's the the more delicate yeah. stuff that he struggles with. Uh, and, I mean, it's just so many 10-yard routes that he just throws straight into the ground into guys' feet. and Or sails. Or sails there, uh, there occasionally. Was, there was, well, there was one against Western Kentucky that I saw – uh, from where I was sitting, I'm behind the goalpost on the north end, and they're going away from me. But I watched the play, and it was a is a quick uh, out with a running back, kind of like a flare. Mm, yeah. And he rolled. He boot. He went boot to the left, and the guy was there. I think it was Jarquez, and so he booted to the left and had him wide open. I know. I know. And what just, you're and, talking and just about, yeah. threw threw it into the Western yeah. Kentucky bench. I'm like, yeah, threw it five yards over. I was his like, head at good least. lord! I was it's, like, where are you throwing that? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, those, a, just those types of things. Yeah, and he's done that a couple of times this year. And that's not to say that Robbie's not a great quarter, not a good quarterback. I think he he can be. I just don't think he is right now. He's right. Yeah. he's he's the type of guy I watch him. I go, man, he plays hard. Mm-hmm. He plays tough. He's not he's not afraid to take hits. Right. He wants to win. He's a freaking warrior, and he's an incredible athlete. He's just not a great quarterback, man. No. Uh, and you know, I, you look at a guy like that and you go, ah, do you move him to wide receiver? I think that's where his future is if he stays at Auburn. I hope that's where his future is. Uh, and whoever the quarterback is next season, whether it's uh, Zach Calzada or Holden Gurner, whoever comes in at that spot is going to have to be a better thrower of the ball than Robbie Ashford is. That's the right, only yeah. way you're going to win more than seven or eight games. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think if you – 
again, we're going to just go hypothetical here since all signs point at Lane Kiffin right now. Let's just say it is Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin's going to go transfer portal yes. on a quarterback because um, Calzada and Gurner uh, are not really his style. He Nah, he, he wants is, somebody he, that can. He wants a dual threat quarterback. He wants right. He wants to do well, that's, that's the thing, which I is Robbie, he, but he wants somebody that can throw the ball a, a lot more accurately than Robbie. So I, I mean, think I think he, he does would, want a dual threat quarterback. I think his dual his his ability. Or, well, I mean, go look at his stuff at USC. Right, everything he did was under center, quick passing game. Quarterback didn't run at all. It was as West Coast offense as it gets. He goes to Alabama and he coaches. Who did he coach at Alabama? Was it? Who was his quarterback that year? Jalen? Was it Jalen? Was it Jalen Hurts? Yeah, See, he coaches Jalen Hurts, who's the epitome. He the style of the quarterback. Of then. Yeah, he matches the style of the quarterback, yeah. whoever the best quarterback is. Remember, Matt Corral was not seen as a dual-threat quarterback until Lane Kiffin got there. Lane Ki- or Matt Corral was sharing snaps with John Rice right, Plumley. Right. Then right. John Rice Plumley gets moved to wide receiver. Right. So it's all about he takes the guy that he thinks is best and adapts the offense to it, which is beautiful. I yeah. love when coaches do that. Shout out to the Chicago Bears. Um, with True. Justin Fields, but the the only thing that I'm going to counter that is that if you look at the quarterbacks he's had, they are they yeah. are they they run. I mean, they can run. And they they are not. Yeah, just look, I would rather have a running there. quarterback maybe, than a guy. Well, you can't, to, but you, you have, have to, to be able to throw. And maybe but, yeah. that's because of this the day and age of the quarterback. That that's we're exactly in, the where it is. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what you know? it is. I I totally yes. get that, and I think that with Lane's ability to pl- call plays, and he's he they. You know, his team, like Ole Miss, does run the ball so well. You know, Jackson Dart is a good runner, right? right? He's an all right passer. Um, but, I mean, it makes it work in the offense. He's, he's, he's accurate enough that it works in the offense that they're in, right? And if he can find a quarterback along the lines of that, that's kind of what we're looking for, right? It, in, in this day and age of quarterbacks, you don't just – you're not getting the Aaron Rodgers mm. and the Tom Brady's. Mm. You're, you're getting you're getting more of your uh, Patrick Mahomes is kind of an extreme. Um, same thing with a you know a Kyler Murray is an extreme. But I'm thinking you know even your bigger quarterbacks can move like Justin Josh Herbert. And Josh, they, Josh Josh Allen, Allen is a for a example. great big dude can move. Justin Herbert for a Justin big guy can. he can move. And so it, it's kind of that hybrid between a a quarterback a, who can sit back in the pocket and pick you apart, but can also but use can also his legs right. when the when the moment comes to it. Exactly. That's kind of what we thought that Holden Holden Gurner was gonna kind of see. Obviously, he hasn't gotten a lot of playing oh, time, really so we don't it, know yeah. what he can really do. But I feel like that's along the lines of the ability that he can have. Um, where he can really sit back in the pocket if we had, a, you know, a truly quality offensive line that he could sit back in the pocket and just kind of, you know, hit those right. throws and be accurate. Um, and then when it comes to everything breaks down, he can still get those yards because he can scoot. He can really move. Yeah. So I, I think it would be interesting to see uh, how he kind of comes into the fold when, when per se, Kiffin does accept the the job here at all or whoever or whoever right however that quarterback uh goes or if holden stays goes you know we never know so it's going to be interesting to see i wonder if humor me here for a second i wonder if it's the quarterbacks that are changing or if it's the offenses that are changing i think with modern day offenses everything being so spread out there's just so much more room to run 
than there ever has been. You don't have to be the greatest athlete in the world to have 10 yards just suddenly open up in front of you. You need man defense and halfway decent blocking. Right. When you're playing five wide like so many two teams do today, you know, I can run 10 yards if nobody stops me for a little bit. Right. And the other thing, we used to be just actively discouraged I think for quarterbacks combi- to run. Right. I think it could be it's, a combination. It could of absolutely both. be a well, combination. Of both. I think it's combo. Because, I mean, if you, just the fact that if you look at it, you're, like I said, you're not seeing a lot of college teams going with quarterbacks that fit the mold of an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom right. Brady nope. that, that just quarterbacks can't move. Are, are kind of fewer and farther right. in between as the years are going on. Your your cat your typical pro style quarterback. We don't really hear that right. as much anymore. Everybody's considered relatively dual threat. Yeah, the the dynamics that that college coaches are, you know, are going to look at with these high school kids and one of the big things they're looking at is the 40 time. So you know, if you've got a high school quarterback that's got a cannon gun for an arm, but he's running a five something forty slow, you're probably gonna be hesitant to take him. Right. But if you're if you've got a quarterback with the cannon arm that even if he's in that four six, four seven, which is still not fast, but that's enough, then that's the guy that's gonna get it. He may he may have a little bit of a weaker arm than the guy that runs the five something. Right. But you're gonna take him because he does have that ability to move. I think it's very funny that we can see a, see a guy run a 4.7 and be like, oh, he's slow. slow. No. You, dear listener, probably could not run a 40 in faster than six seconds. Yeah. That's that's just the kind of crazy thing we're talking about. I I don't know. I I still think you can win with pro-style quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is a really good runner. He doesn't do it a he's lot, a but he's, yeah. he's a yeah. smart runner, smart and he's runner. faster than you think he is. Patrick Mahomes is an incredible runner. Dak Prescott is another guy. He is a pro style, but he can well, still move a yeah. little bit. Well, we knew those guys could run. Yeah, absolutely. They, they did a lot of damage with their legs in college. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what direction Auburn goes. I'm with you. I think they do go out and get a grad transfer, and yeah. whoever the head coach is needs to adapt to that guy's strengths. Quarterback is a uh, very, very, very important position. I think it is the most important position in Some all of sports. Some would say. And, and, the most important singular position. And, and if – if again, if we're just hypothetically saying, if it's Link Kiffin, there's also a certain running back at Ole Miss that uh, that wanted to come to Auburn, <laughs> wanted to come to Auburn, wanted, yeah, oh that's from right down the road in Pike Road, Judkins, and uh, Sean Judkins, yeah, that would be interesting. You would have to assume you that would, he brings Judkins. Hope, with you him. would hope, yeah, a, a backfield, a backfield of back. West Hunter, Demari Austin, and Quinshawn Judkins <laughs> looks pretty dang good with Jeremiah Cobb coming in. Yep. It's good stuff. Let's go. Dogs. It's good stuff for the Auburn <laughs> oh, offense. You just got to get an offensive line oh, put together. Too tough. Yeah. You got to get an offensive Goodness. line that can block for them. Hey, shoot. These guys are running for two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're right. And I'll, it, I'll say this. The offensive the, the line has, blocking they, has been very good. It has been, played a lot better. Been better. I don't want to say it's better. been good. It's been better. We have two guys they, that ran for over 100 yards, which, right. okay, granted, I'm not taking away. Everything, every, for the every yard they is, got was outside zone or a toss. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are not trying to run into the teeth of them. They, they're running like the toss sweep where you can pull one guy and maybe get your tight end kicking out and you isolate. You can isolate guys out on the edge. That's one thing Auburn's been – but if you're trying to run, if you watched Auburn try to run in the middle, it, it wasn't happening. And and Western Kentucky was pushing Auburn's offensive line back. Um, that was one thing I even mentioned watching that game is that with Robbie Ashford back there. There were some times that Robbie Ashford was trying to get a run going on, a quarterback design run, and he was having trouble getting himself set to where he could go because they were already crashing down at his feet. 
And it's like, daggum, guys, y'all can't let Western Kentucky push you backwards. You need to be pushing forward on those quarterback draws and things. So on the outside, they were finding the success, but trying to block inside and get those gaps going, that that's I don't want to say non-existent, but it was not as successful as being able to get out on the edge and isolate people. We only have two or three minutes left in the hour here, so let's take a phone call. 334-887-3401. We go to the phone lines. Jeff from Columbus. Jeff is here to say hello to us. Hi, Jeff. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I've been listening to the show today, and I am really concerned. I ha- Steve has not called in today, has he? He has not. Not, not a single time, yeah. And I sure hope he didn't do something drastic at halftime. So, Steve, Steve, if you are out there, please call in just so I'll have a little – I'll be able to sleep tonight because I'm really worried. Yeah, 17-17 at half. And, dang, I know several people that went to the game. And, and like you say, it was, like they said, it was colds the only reason I left at halftime. I go, okay, I can understand that. But, hey, man, if Lane Kiffin – is the new coach, he's going to what? Go eight and four, eight and five. Okay. If he brought his whole team right now to Auburn, one thing that's not going to happen is they're not going to beat Alabama still. Am I right? Didn't they lose to Alabama? They did lose yeah. to Alabama. Yes. Right, right now, with this Ole Miss team playing at Auburn, I don't think the result has changed. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking is, and, so, and I still say, and the. Like you say, the transfer portal, I just had this conversation with somebody. We were saying before, the best players don't get into the transfer portal, right? They really don't. But NIL, right? Yeah. Could something. Persuade. Yeah. So that, yeah, so that, it's really not going to, I don't see the transfer portal helping with a whole new offensive line, but I guess you could go out and buy an offensive line. Well, yeah. That's and what people, well, that's what you're going to – I mean, that in, in this day of NIL, that's basically what you're going to have to do. And fortunately for Auburn, they're in that situation. So now that's the one thing yeah. that I will say with Lane Kiffin is he has had the success. He has shown that he can be a 10-win team at Ole Miss. You put him in Auburn with the resources here that they don't have at Ole Miss, this new $100 million facility that opened that they don't have at Ole Miss, this $15 million growing NIL collective that – they don't have it Ole Miss. You give Lane Kiffin right. these resources, and the sky might be the limit for this dude, and he can do a hell of a lot of things here that he could not succeed with at Ole Miss. Right. And, well, and I think how many times has Lane Kiffin won 10 games at Ole Miss? A Once. bunch. And that's the thing. That And that's – well, he's twice. He won I mean, 10 last year. He's right on the cusp of 10 this year. And and for Ole Miss, that's that's pretty darn good. You don't you don't get a lot yeah, of that at Ole Miss. Hell, that's good for Auburn. That's, that's good for anybody. Yeah. A ten win season is good yeah. for anybody. Yeah. And you're doing that at Ole yeah. Miss on a consistent level. I mean, dang. Okay. It's good for anybody but Mark Rick. Well, 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 but that, but again, that's at Georgia, and, and see, Kirby Smart has shown what you can do at Georgia if you if you can right, just yeah. get it all put together. You don't have to be a Mark Rick because you've got so many things at Georgia in your favor right. that you don't have at Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss yeah. and Mississippi State are just not going to be championship contenders. They may sneak into an SEC title game once in a blue moon because just the the stars align and things like that but they're not going to be consistent title contenders. Auburn is one of those teams that can be, just like LSU, just like Alabama, just like Georgia, just like Florida. 
those teams are the ones that can do that. You're not going to get that on a consistent level at either of those Mississippi schools. They last, just don't have the resources there. Last thought for us, Jeff. We're going to run out of time here hey, this hour. I, I like Steve. I do. I, uh, so I'll let you all go. But, Steve, please call in or just send in a text or something. <laughs> let me know, okay? We will. All we'll right. keep you hey, updated. You all have a great show. We'll talk to you all later. Thank you. That's our pal Jeff from Columbus joining us here on the Auburn Bank phone line. What a fun show it's been. Two hours have been completed. A lot more fun left to go. Alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. hours of sports call are finished don't touch that radio dial we've got one more hour to go you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 fm wtgz tuskegee auburn and am 620 wtrp lagrange whether you're leaving work cruising around town or listening on demand we've still got some fun left for you To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started third and final hour of sports call getting started today on tiger 95.9 fm and on the tiger communications app jj jackson inside the studio with tom Peavy, brant daughtry and cam barry and boy oh boy are we having fun here today on auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show happy thanksgiving week to all of our listeners out there coming up on thursday of course is the thanksgiving holiday friday marks black friday and one day prior to the iron bowl Sports Call will be on the air Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you were to call us on Thursday or Friday, well, no one's going to answer, uh, but we do hope that you enjoy the holiday with your friends and family. So if you want to talk Iron Bowl things with us, if you want to talk about uh, this Auburn basketball team led by head coach Bruce Pearl, you've only got one more hour today and then our shows tomorrow and on Wednesday to do so. 334-887-3401. As we go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, joining us now on the program, we've got... Ward Damn Steve. Steve is there to say hello to us. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. It's Iron Bowl week. That's right. And in uh, uh, Cadillac's words, we ain't blinking. Not at all. We're minus, minus 22 and a half points, guys. Yeah, we talked about the line a little bit earlier that Auburn was such a big underdog when Bet Online opened the the uh, the odds up in, uh, in in Alabama's favor, and uh, all the Auburn players today are saying, "quote We're we're going out there with house money, and we're going to see what we can make happen." Yep, Cadillac uh, says press conference. The guys are going to be having fun and playing and uh, playing together. So uh, glad to hear. And you know, it's just something about uh, his demeanor uh, that he just instills. You know. Uh, just uh, he still hope, you know, in what uh, for for me uh, prior to Harsha leaving, just you know, I was apathetic, guys. Uh, I just you know just said you know well you know I, I'll watch a game, but you know I have no 
you know, no confidence or any hope that uh, the turnout or the outturn uh, come out of the game will be any different. And I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah, I know we're four and six. But that, that government, you know, if I didn't know any better, I, I feel like, you know, we're playing for the SEC, uh, the right to go to the SEC championship game. Uh, well, what's your take on it, guys? How, how are you feeling about this, uh, this upcoming bowl game? Excited. We uh, we talked about uh, with this Auburn football team that it's been so hard to win in Tuscaloosa against Nick Saban. Auburn is 1-6 in six and games against him in Tuscaloosa. Alabama is winning those matchups by an average of 42-17. to 17. So it has not been easy for Auburn to go and win there in Tuscaloosa at Bryant-Denny Stadium. It's going to be a really, really tall task. Auburn has got to throw the football better against Alabama because you know they're going to be keen on stopping the run from Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. So it's going to be really, really hard for Auburn to get it done, but we know they're going to give it all-out effort. Well, you know, um, I read some comments from Stat Tiger and some of the, uh, I guess, comparisons of what we're contending with, our team against uh, their team. And uh, I did not know this, but uh, Alabama has as many fumbles for the season as we have, seven fumbles each. Were you aware of that? I was not. No, I did not realize that. And uh, from uh, his analysis, you know, uh, the primary – I'm going to rely on our defense. If we can just rattle and contain, you know, uh, Bryce Young, I think we have a realistic chance of actually winning the game. Because without Bryce Young, guys, you know, their offense to me is not, you know, some kind of, you know, juggernaut. Yeah, but uh, the thing is, it's very hard to rattle him because that's one thing he is that's so very easier said than done. He, yeah, he is so good. Even when you get pressure on him, he just has that knack to keep his eyes downfield and just feel pressure and move up away from it. So, when you're talking about getting after him, you're going to have to have like two or three people on him, not just one, because he he is very very good at at keeping his composure and not getting rattled back there. No doubt, Tommy. Everything you have say is mirror. Let me let's not forget a woeful defensive uh, Ole Miss team tends to have a pretty good time of getting uh, him rattled, and so did some other teams, Tennessee included, uh, maybe even uh, Arkansas. And you know, I've also seen their receivers have not been you know juggernauts; they've been dropping passes left and right, have they not? No, Alabama definitely has some that's some issues weird. there. Um, they they've got some issues there, uh, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's going to be tough, but yeah, it's not uh, impossible task. But yeah, it's it, it's just not as easy as saying you you can rattle him. I mean he he is very very good. Yeah, that's pro yeah. quarterback right there. Yeah, uh, what I'm concerned about though is turnovers on our end. Yep. Uh, if we can keep it down to one, maybe turnover, um, then I think. If we can go in the fourth quarter and it's a maybe uh, a ten point deficit, I I think we have a legitimate chance there. Uh, but it, it doesn't, you know. Right now, I'm not even panicky about this. I just have enjoyed watching this team play and these players play their hearts out uh, and seeing, you know, uh, the the staff, especially uh, Cadillac, going up and down the the, the the sidelines, you know, and slapping people on the back, you know, high fiving them. And then I saw uh, the, the entire, you know. Uh, Post game, you know the the team went into the stands, you know Cadillac included. Uh, it's just that that kind of you know uh, enthusiasm and and the passion that had been missing uh, from, from from my since you know uh, until Harson left. It just wasn't there, and it's there now. Uh, that's uh, just I, I, I just 
I'm looking forward to it. I was not looking forward to the Iron Bowl uh, prior to Harps leaving. Yeah, don't blame you. It was, it was, I mean, there was no energy within the team, within the fans, within anything, honestly. It was just hard to watch everything. I mean, just nobody, you could just tell it just was not the same. But seeing Cadillac, he's just kind of been a spark plug for this, uh, for the program. And it's been very nice to see the passion and the energy that's been going on on the sidelines just within Jordan Hare. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how, how this team fights. And speaking of uh, post, uh, post-game conference, I was really taken aback and just pleasantly uh, surprised and commendable uh, as to West Kentucky's head coach making the compliments that he made about uh, our team and our, our team's efforts in that game. Uh, what, what was your take on guys? I mean, he was extremely complimentary. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and he's a guy that has probably spent a lot of time around Auburn. His his brother was Clay Hilton, who uh, isn't that correct? Their head coach, correct? Yeah. He played yeah. quarterback. Clay yeah, correct. yeah. His brother's Clay Hilton, who was here at uh, was here at Auburn. So you have to think that he's very familiar with Auburn. So um, yeah, I mean he, he's very complimentary. Because, well, I mean they got their butts kicked. So <laughs> there's not a whole lot you can you can't sit there and crap on a team that just beat the crap out of yours. So uh, yeah, I mean he was very complimentary and. Uh, he should have been. And speaking of that, you know, guys, that second half, I said, oh, oh here we go. I don't know that Harson would have uh, had our team come back from that uh, the 17, you know, tie uh, to score the way we scored. Uh, but do you guys think I'm wrong on that, uh, you know, assumption? I think Brian Harson's gone. I think it doesn't really? matter anymore. I, I don't know what Brian Harson would have done in this game, and frankly, I don't care. Because he's not the head coach at Auburn anymore. Cadillac Williams has done a really good job as the head coach, and I'm willing to celebrate him. Uh, but what Harson would have done, I, I don't know, and I don't really think it matters. Last thoughts here, well, Steve. We've got yeah. some other phone calls to get to this hour. Well, last thought, guys. You know, this team has showed a lot of enthusiasm for me in the second half that I would not have expected. I think it's all due uh, to Cadillac. It's now, really fun to see any, for sure. Any, 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 any kind of, you know, credible intel on – our coaching search? Uh, no, just a lot of a lot of the beat writers from both Auburn and Ole Miss have high percentages of Lane Kiffin coming here. Um, and, you know, and there's a lot of signs that point that they Ole Miss has offered him a contract, uh, a pay raise, and an extension, and he has not accepted that yet. A lot of people feel like that if he was not coming to Auburn, he would have already accepted it. Uh, so there's a lot of smoke around Lane Kiffin right now, and and that's really it. Just a lot of people speculating. Okay, uh, that's more nice basketball game, guys. Last thing, uh, Steve Bradley. Uh, are they are they any threat uh, to us not winning that game tomorrow night? They, the they, best team that Auburn yeah, has played. They, this they are year. definitely a threat because they're the best team Auburn has played, and Auburn has shown that they struggle from shooting threes. So. Uh, until they get that figured out, then going to be playing in a it, brand new gym, yeah. new rims, new backboard, new backdrop, sight line, and everything. Yep. So we'll have more of a preview for basketball with you tomorrow. Thanks for the call today, Steve. Right. Okay, guys, thank you for your time. And uh, Wakanda Forever. I just saw the movie. It's worth seeing. There we go. So, we appreciate I'm it. Good tomorrow evening, guys. Stay safe and War Damn Eagle. All right, War Eagle. There's a retired War Damn Steve joining us on the program. Jeff from Columbus, a little worried earlier about Steve's whereabouts, but uh, I guess he was seeing the movie. Uh, Black Panther. He, he tends to go to movies from time to time, and there he was right there. Let's go back to the phone lines, and joining us next here on the show, we've got Die Hard Die. Die Hard Die has called into Sports Call. Hello, friend. Hey, what kind of for I'm War Eagle. Yeah, War Eagle. 
How are y'all doing? Quite well. How hey, are you? Getting on the show late, so I don't want to, you know, and following Steve, I know uh, commercial break's got to be coming around the corner. Um, always You're good on that. time. Go right ahead. Okay. Always love to tell that, Steve. Um, so, <clears throat> last week, I'm just, I'm enjoying this caddy. I mean, our season was over. No one's coming to our tailgates. Uh, 11 o'clock games. Just everything that you know I, I'm a passionate about. I mean, of course I like the wins, but I don't expect, you know, to be a Bama or Georgia. Um, but... I just, I have eyes, I have ears, I know of all my friends, my graduates, and this was just a horrible season, we just screwed everything up, and somehow Cadillac has made this where we're hugging again, the tailgate has been packed out, people have been renting my Airbnb, um, everything is amazing, the veterans got to be in Tiger Walk, I called y'all last week about being in there and how just amazing it was, and everyone was just talking about motivation and God and winning. And it was just, it was, I was fired up. And that was a Texas A&M game. And I thought we were going to beat them 100 to nothing with as fired up as those guys were. But anyways, um, last week I'm getting on all these Facebook groups and Twitter groups and, and they're saying lane, lane. I'm like, guys, I mean, let's just look at data here. We got to hit this one out of the park. And I got tired of really not knowing what I was talking about. So I just cut and paste the Wikipedia resume. And in 10, do you know what his average is? Staying at a place over, over I guess, his 10 teams. Can you guess what his average length is? He has, never, he has never been in a place very long, but it's because he's <laughs> look, he's either gotten fired quickly because he's been bad or he's been an upward mover. I mean, he, he was the offensive coordinator at USC for three years before he got hired by the Raiders, and that was a disaster. Lane Kiffin has bounced around a lot, but it's not something that's giving me a ton of pause. Now, again... I've been wanting Lane Kiffin since two years ago, so I, I'm definitely looking through rose-colored lenses here. But I, him bouncing around like that does not worry me that much. Okay, well, I, I've met – I was at a dinner where he was at, and uh, just not a nice guy, egotistical, whatever. I mean, he's not going to be our, you know, neighbor. Um, but I kept an eye on him when he was a Raiders coach because – I was still alive then, and I was like, man, what a young coach. And he was terrible, and it's just like, yeah, it's probably a bad idea to get young coaches. So I've kept my eye on him. But anyway, the average is, his average is 1.5 years, and that's just not good, man. That's red flags. Again, I think he's a great coach. I think he's going to do great at places. But Auburn, we're just not in the position to take those chances in my eyes. And then he goes and lays an egg for something we fire coaches for. Um and it just surprised me that we're getting this guy that Auburn is not we're, – we're, the fans are not about it. And, I mean, I mean, we're split. It's another divide, you know. Um, and I just don't remember that. And all my – I have three degrees from Auburn, been a fan from, since the 80s. I don't ever remember being divided until, like, the end of Gus's years. And I'm sure there's some years in there that I don't recall, but I just don't remember it. And now already, you know, Lane's dividing us. And then he just does awful against Arkansas, who's been getting their butts kicked. And just don't know why we're doing it. I mean, it's there's got to be a better answer. And I don't know. Just uh, don't get it. There's red flags. There's data. There's historical data. And we just don't need to close our eyes and swing for the fences on this one. Just uh, get y'all's input again. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Stay hard die joining us there on the program. Thanks yeah. for the call. My answer to that performance against Arkansas, it was pretty dead gum bad. Uh, to me, it looks like his players have checked out on him because they don't expect him to be there next year. And that's... Again, rose-colored lenses, I'll admit to that. Yeah. But that's what it looked like to me. The, the other thing that I'll say is I, I think that you know it's, 
you have to look at Lane Kiffin from where he was back in the earlier days to where he is now. I think he has grown up and matured a lot as a person and as a coach. And Auburn has never been a place that a a coach comes to and then just bails on uh, unless they get fired. So uh, I honestly think that Lane Kiffin is looking for a place to anchor down. I think that he believed that Ole Miss could be that, but then – Things are just stay. He doesn't have a lot of the facilities and a lot of things there that he may need or want. And I think that's why he's looking to move up to a place like Auburn because this could be a terminal job for him. If he comes and has success, then he doesn't need to go anywhere else. And so I, I think that's part of his maturation process as a person and as a coach that you come to a place like Auburn and you anchor down and get things done and then you're here for the long run. We're going to take a timeout. Sports call continues in a moment here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger On Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. It has been a really fun show here today on this Monday. Again, Thanksgiving week. And uh, fellas, let's say it again shows this week Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we are going to have one, our good friend Eric McDade. He'll be nice. by. We'll no, cover nice. the bases with Eric McDade, State Farm. We like that guy. Get his thoughts on the latest uh, coaching search, intel, and more. And then also, uh, really excited, at the start of the show, uh, Brett Whiteside will be here inside our studios. He is the executive director for the On to Victory NIL Collective at Auburn University. And we will hear from him everything that you need to know about this name, image, and likeness collective as the college sports landscape continues to shift as nil collectives begin to form as auburn has a coaching search where coaches might be appealed to a very large and lucrative nil collective i mean pretty good timing uh in a week after they had their big 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 nil collective day for on to victory so that is coming up on tomorrow's program you know what is also even more exciting tomorrow Tell me that, Tom Peavy. I'm going to be that on the you're show. you're going to be here. That Tom's <laughs> going to be coming by and saying hello to us. Yeah, I can't wait, man. You can't get any better than me back-to-back days. Yeah, Come I know. On, I man. can't wait, man. Golly. Brent Whiteside, you know. Psh, but Peavy's going to be here. NIL. Peavy's going to be here. Yeah, I mean, come on. Do you like Tom Peavy, Brent? I do. Okay. He's pretty neat. make sure. He's pretty neat. He's a pretty neat fellow. Yeah. Good deal. Um, All right, let's do this. As we move forward here with our program today, I want to tell you about the best and worst of the weekend. Now, time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. (laughs) Best and worst of the weekend. Uh, Just in the moment there, Brett, 
when woohoo happens, <laughs> he sticks his hand up, oh. very excited, and it was just so nonchalant. Just you're in your own world, and I thought it was adorable. So All right, it made well, me thank laugh. you, man. Thank you, man. I'm glad. So, I can... um, do you guys have a best and worst? <laughs> uh, I'll go with the best. The uh, the the ending of that Chiefs game last night was incredible. Uh, that that's that's just one of those special ending of a games that makes you love the game of football. Um, you know, for for a team to score with what a minute and something left, yeah. and you turn it over to Pat Mahomes, and then he just drives right down the field in seventy something seconds and a, a wins the game. It was like a minute and thirty seconds. That is an eternity for most yeah. quarterbacks in the NFL at this point. Yeah. It's so cool. But I mean, it was just man. That was just I, I love football games that come down like that, especially when you have somebody that takes the lead right there at the end. And left it, him too and much looked time. At me, it just left him too much time, and then to but to watch him work his magic, and and then you know Travis Kelsey, yeah, one of the best, the, the best tight end in NFL right now, and, and just to watch those guys work their magic like that, that, that's just something special. Best of the weekend, Mr. Daughtry? I do have a best of the weekend. Over the On Friday, I said I went to my first Auburn basketball game in a very, very long time. Also, while I was there, I picked up a my very first Ben's Soft Pretzel. I got these cinnamon sugar pretzel bites with some vanilla icing to dip them in, ah. and that was a life-changing experience. If you go to Auburn Uni- – if you go to an Auburn sporting event, I believe they have a uh, what a, a stand at every venue. Mm-hmm. Ben's Soft Pretzels, get the cinnamon sugar pretzel bites – vanilla icing i've been watching justin ferguson love these things for like three <laughs> years now finally got my first one and it is a life-changing life-changing experience it went well for you very well yeah and please let people know if i may speak for you go for it you're a picky eater very oh my incredibly gosh. like the pickiest of picky yes and so i'm glad that you found something that you can enjoy i, I love pretzels man i love pretzels yeah. and uh i love cinnamon and i love sugar and i love vanilla icing <laughs> and so, it all so all of those things together okay. yeah. is just is wow just very anything good. we can get very nice be a win food wise very is nice two thumbs up 10 out of 10 cam sure. best of the weekend we'll be enjoying again falcons gonna win baby there you go yeah every time i told you every time the falcons gonna win that's gonna be my best of the weekend and i will continue to do that you're over the preseason vegas totals over now. the preseason you're now total. over so the preseason everything vegas we're total. playing with is house money now well, fifth one of the year i love it i love it we've already exceeded expectations that's what i just like to see um team played all right didn't really dominate but got to watch i was i was there at the game and it was a lot of fun got to watch cordero patterson break the kick return touchdown record now holds that so that's really cool um went 103 yards and couldn't have honestly done it at a a better time during the game um off of a fumble chicago scored a touchdown off of his fumble right and then he takes that kickoff return back and and evens it up and it kind of felt like Atlanta was in control of that game from that point on. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that was a ugh, that was almost a game was almost out of hand. Cordero Patterson runs it back. Great game. I was I was super uh, super glad to be able to go and enjoy Mercedes Benz Stadium and and hang out with the girlfriend. There you go. I, I mentioned that Chiefs game that ending that was the best for me just because I was watching that happen. But uh, another great ending with that the Patriots Jets game. Uh, Tie what three to three? Three to three. Just a, a just a boring blah game. Three to three, and you're right there at the last. Jets punting the ball away just to try to you know we're gonna go to overtime. Punt it on away. Oh no, he returns it for a touchdown and win. Yeah. Oops. Six with like three <laughs> seconds remaining on the clock. Yeah, New England special that was pretty teams insane. Got me 17 fantasy points 
as a result of that. So Best and worst out. of the weekend. I really enjoyed getting to be back with my brother and a bunch of friends and buddies I hadn't seen in quite some time. Getting to see that South Carolina-Tennessee game uh, over the weekend was a whole lot of fun. Uh, also, watching uh, basketball continue to move forward, getting set for Feast Week this week. A ton of like really, really big games took place. We didn't really have them in the first week or two. Uh, but Virginia had two really impressive wins. Mm. They climbed up 11 spots in the top uh, 25 poll today. Gonzaga had a Beat big Kentucky. win against Kentucky yep. yesterday. So uh, just glad to see basketball back in Feast Week continuing to move forward. How are your Dukies doing? 3-1 and one on the year. Lost to Kansas uh, on Tuesday in the Champions Classic. But uh, looking pretty strong in, okay. in John Shire's first season as a head coach. Still things left to be determined. They possibly could play Gonzaga coming up on Saturday. So that would be a uh, major test for yep. those Duke Blue Devils. Thank you for asking. Uh, what about uh, our worst of the weekend? Uh, man, there, I got one. Go ahead. Yeah, that, not a lot of worst for me that I just popped in my head, but I, I do have to say a worst uh, with the Vanderbilt student section. I mean, you just beat Florida. You're 2-0. and You've got a two-game winning streak. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one of the bigger wins in Vanderbilt history. And just to watch – them trying to rush the field and it was they just didn't know what they were doing I, yeah i know but it was just like just so sad and typical vanderbilt of like this just such an orderly procession down the steps and onto the field and just very <laughs> orderly like no excitement just you know hey we're just gonna leisure we're leisurely gonna leave the stands and we're gonna leisurely walk out on the field and celebrate our win you know Ah, that, that, that's the the come on man type thing yeah. that they do on the end of it. Agreed. You got to be a little more excited than that, Vandy. So there's my worst. You guys have a worst? I do. I also uh, do. I'm going to go with every pass that Zach Wilson threw in the Jets <laughs> game against the Patriots. <laughs> there is like a five minute uh, clip, clip, yeah. clip edited together, a bunch of clips I saw that. Um, of him just making awful throws, like easy throws. Like you talked about it a minute ago, Tom, uh, with. Robbie, Robbie Ashford, Ashford sailing uh, on Jarquez Hunter. Robbie was at least running, so it's not it's off platform. It's right. kind of a tough throw, but uh-huh. one you expect Dude, him to I make. Know exactly Zach Wilson from the pocket has <sighs> that running back. It has his running back in the flat, wide open, and he just sets his feet and fires over oh the sideline. Gosh, it's insane. So bad. It is wow. an absolutely insane five minute or a little two or three minute clip. It's. Very bad showing from Zach Wilson. And then later uh, in a post game, he was yeah. a, a reporter asked him if he felt like he let the defense down. Said nope. He said no. The defense gave up three points all day, uh, and they still lost the game. So yes, you did. He absolutely let, let the defense, the defense down. down. My worst of the weekend. So again, it, it will be Falcons related um, because although I did enjoy the game and had a great time, Kyle Pitts towards MCL. And that is very sad. And he was, was put on IR today, so he will be out for four weeks. Um, hate to hear that. Uh, also, Taquan Graham, I don't know what his injury is. It hasn't come out, but he has also been put on IR. So losing defensive line help that is you know, already not great. Um, and, and Graham was a bright spot. He was playing pretty well. And um, losing... Kyle Pitts, who is an offensive threat, maybe not has has not been in u- as used as much as he should be. But even still, I mean, him being on the field is is a difference making in how defenses have to game plan for the Falcons. So uh, definitely, definitely a tough loss and having him out for four weeks. So 
hopefully he can just uh, recover well and, and everything goes smoothly for him. But that's my worst of the weekend. Best and worst of the weekend. Let's stay in the National Football League. One last worst uh, to share with individuals here before we get to our nightly TV guide to wrap up today's show. Let's have a word on this, guys. How about uh, less yesterday? We'll keep talking about some NFL games. In a game that has yet to be mentioned, fellas, is what took place up in Minnesota yesterday. The Dallas Cowboys Dude. defeated the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 40 to three. The Vikings Solid had win. won seven straight games. <laughs> Last week, the Vikings had a monster comeback victory against the Buffalo Bills and uh, had won seven consecutive football games and then decided, you know what? What if we don't? What if we just don't show up at all against <laughs> what if the Dallas Cowboys team? What if we do not play a good football right. game today? And uh, they were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, for a, a good football team. Yeah, and I Awful. tell you what, uh, Kirk Cousins got 2.2 fantasy points, and that's why I was able to beat you this week, JJ. Yeah, that, that and um, I noticed that Travis Kelsey just I noticed that exploding. He played all right. Yeah. Travis played all right. Well, see, and I had uh, Adam Thielen on one of mine, and he didn't do anything either. Yeah, no nobody on the football. Didn't. Yeah. No. All right, uh, let's take our break here. When we come back, we wrap up the show here on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry. Auburn football has the Iron Bowl coming up on Saturday. And then uh, we'll see if Auburn will name a new head football coach. The transfer portal window is about to open up. And also recruiting the high school class of 2023, trying to put that class together. It's a priority for these coaching staffs. Uh, saw some recruiting news a little bit earlier today that Brock Glenn flipped from Ohio oh. State to Florida State. Again, that's Auburn Brock Glenn yeah. from what? Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, had chosen Ohio State over Auburn initially, but then said, you know what, let me go to a Tallahassee instead. And uh, Auburn continues to put together their 2023 class as well. So a lot of recruiting things happening yeah. in the Auburn football program yeah. as well. Yeah, we did get a three-star quarterback commit Saw that. over the weekend. Keon Johnson, I think is his yes, name, something like that. A uh, dual-threat guy out of Miami. Yeah, actually first, was yeah. committed to, I want to say, Coastal Carolina, yeah, and then got an, Auburn, uh, got an offer from Auburn and decommitted from Coastal Carolina 10 minutes later. Yep. Uh, it was literally that short of amount of time. So he's a uh, grew up an Auburn fan, apparently, and uh, is excited to be coming to Auburn. I don't know how good a quarterback he's going to be. have not watched him at all. Um, but he's a three-star out of Miami, and those guys, you know, they can blossom sometimes. Jenkins. I, I, Keon Jenkins. Keon Jenkins, not Johnson. I, I, I will say this. Uh, depending on what coach comes in here, if they reach out to Brock Glenn, he would probably turn, He would probably decommit from FSU to Auburn. Uh, I mean, his, his name is literally Auburn. His parents all graduated from Auburn. He still has family here in Auburn. Uh, the kid wanted to be offered by Auburn. He wanted to come to Auburn, and Harson, that staff, never really would give him a look. 
and uh you know and talking to his i've talked to his uncle um a good bit and he just said that auburn never really seemed interested in him so uh, it kind of broke the kid's heart he really wanted to come to auburn and i think uh, if you get another coach in here brock glenn's one that uh, you might see come here because he wants to be an auburn tiger all right, as we move forward here and close out today's episode of Sports Call, we do this each and every day, fellas. Let's give you a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right, it's our nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. The NFL is back with Monday Night Football, the San Francisco 49ers getting set to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Fellas, this game is being played in Mexico City. We saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Seattle Seahawks play in Germany last week, and now we've got a game being played in Mexico tonight. 49ers, Cardinals. Who wins? Niners. Niners. All right. Kyler, Kyler, Murray, Kyler Murray isn't expected to play, yeah. so definitely not. I mean D-Hop to go uh, off. Colt McCoy great. just feed him feed d hop uh so movie picks for you this evening the nightmare Cole before christmas McCoy. Wow. at 6 30 on freeform kingsman the secret service at 6 15 on tnt sing at 7 p.m on fx college basketball tonight syracuse and richmond at 6 on espn2 Bellarmine and Duke at 7.30 on the ACC Network. And continuing coverage later this evening from Maui, Ohio State, and San Diego State at 8. And then Cincinnati and Arizona at 10.30. All of those games on ESPN2. And then most importantly, this evening, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, tonight... The if season say, finale if you say dude. of Bachelor in Paradise okay, that's almost is as bad, tonight at 7 o'clock on ABC. You guys nervous? No? No. Um, <laughs> I don't even... Wasn't there a guy who's on The Bachelor? I think I saw a guy who I heard was on The Bachelor was at the game on Saturday. Interesting. I, mm. Or like maybe a former Bachelor? I don't sure. know. Could I'm not tell sure. You. Somebody who watches the show sits near us, and they said that a dude sitting further down from us was a guy who was on the show at some point. Very fun. Mm. That is my experience with The Bachelor. Very fun. Uh, there that have and Matty Pruitt. There has been a Bachelor, Matt James, who's been good friends with Suni Lee, yeah, and he's been around Auburn before, so I didn't know if he came back for a game or not. But, yeah, there we go. Bachelor talk tonight at 7 o'clock on ABC. Gotta love it. Man, good stuff. It's a lot of people who are much more attractive than I am. <laughs> Fellas? I think you're very attractive, Brant. I also think well, you're look, trying to build up your self confidence. I admire, I admire that. You're beautiful. I thank you. It doesn't mean anything coming from me. I get yes. that. I just, I, someone's got to build I up the confidence. A little I think bit for like all of us. Pop, I think popular opinion would disagree, and right. that's okay. I've come to terms with who I am, and I'm happy. Cam, thanks for being here, man. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Tom, we'll see you soon. Tomorrow. How about uh, what? Twenty one hours. Let's do it. All right, enjoy these next 21 hours. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to everyone in the tuned in and called in to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. For Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.